It's like he didn't really trust God. He, God would give him something to do. And like you said, he would do the part that he thought or what was convenient. Like when he, you know, did the thing when, you know, we know the thing with Agag, when he was supposed to kill everybody, and he didn't do that. He made excuses for it. So what it shows you is that when this is, this is something that happens over and over, what it shows you is where the person's heart is. Mm. It's not, he did not have a heart after God because David, when he made his, when, you know, when he, he, the whole deal with Uriah, he got caught up in what he was doing. But when, when he was slapped in the face with it, he didn't make any excuses. Right. He realized, okay, I, I, I have, I have gone against God and that broke him. Because he had a heart after God, whereas Saul made excuses to the end, which shows when when um, it shows that he didn't really have a heart after God. Right. And once once Samuel was gone, he really he had no he really had no connection. Because where does it say that Saul prayed? You know, mm. one time he prophesied, but that was more like something put on you. Right. But where does it say that Saul prayed to God or sought? Samuel was his connection. So once Samuel was gone, well, he messed up before Samuel left. So, uh, you know, he just really never really had a heart after God. He was really just kind of doing stuff. And that's a very very important point of of, um, where his heart was. Because when you look at it in those two instances, you're talking in the 28th chapter about David's outline of all that was given to him. God inspired these things in him concerning the temple being built, but then could trust David enough to tell him all this and to tell him that you're not going to build it. That it would be your son. Look at the details in what he was given. A mindset, not just on how to build the temple, but for the whole setup of everybody in the kingdom. How to set up the military, the the um, the Levites and all of these folks in the temple. Everything is supposed to be set up a certain way. God gave David the vision, but put the work to Solomon. And we're looking at the comparison. Why would God do this for David? And we look and see that David's life wasn't perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And how God could take his spirit from Saul and not David, although both of them turn their backs on God. And it goes to what you're saying. A big point of what you said was about Saul praying. We see all the time David seeking God in instances. Now we've read in instances where he got overexcited and started to do things his own way and then got caught up in it. But when it was brought back to his attention, what did Saul do in those situations? What did David do in those situations? Saul tried to justify, and we saw in the end, whoever said it, that Saul 
was seeking to justify everything even to his dying day. To save face. That you were, that's what you were saying. To save face rather than to seek God's face. Right. No, didn't seek after mercy. He wanted to appear a certain way to the people because he was really in it for himself, for his own praise. And we have to be careful not to use the adornment of praise as a cloak of maliciousness. Don't let your outward appearance appear to be something where I'm doing this for God, but in the end, I'm really doing it for myself. I'm not going to seek God, but I have someone who will. So them seeking is just the same as me seeking until Samuel is taken away. And then it's left for you to seek God for yourself. But doesn't that seem kind of mean? Uh, until you look at the point where before Samuel was taken away, what was Saul's relationship with God then? Right, he didn't have one. And this isn't a punishment, Samuel being taken away. This is just to show, look, this is where your heart is. He showed him in different instances, this is where your heart is. And Saul never turned back to God. Didn't even try to. In all of his attempts that he made, he did it to appear a certain way, like you said, to the people. Because the people would praise him for because of what they said from, about him in the beginning. He looks like a king, yeah. tall, strong. He boy that that if there is a king, they, that that's a king there. They had t-shirts and stuff. They had that stuff back then to let you know you they team Saul and David didn't even appear that way. Not to say he wasn't a handsome man or anything like that, but when compared to his brothers, as far as what men could see, they didn't see that Even in David. Samuel thought that one of the other brothers would have been the choice. He was right. His dad even thought that one of the others would be the choice because he didn't even tell him that he had a youngest son out there with the sheep. They presented every other brother. He said, oh, it could Before. be him. Yeah, and then Samuel had to Run. say, is, is there not another one? Yeah. That, God's not saying any of these. So, you got another son? Because God's looking at something else. And he and said if, that. And with, with the other sons, we could look at them and say, well, why, why couldn't they do it? What's wrong with one of them doing it? Because it's not who God chose. Right. What's wrong with Saul doing it? A year into it. See? Let the story unfold so you can see what's in his heart. He's not after what God wants, but he is a reflection of Israel at that time. Yeah, that is true. He was the reflection because they didn't want God. They were rejecting God. And when Samuel was like, wait, what are you doing? What? Why, why didn't it? God told Samuel, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. So I'm going to give them a king who reflects them. 
starts off a certain way, can keep the rules, so to speak, but in the end, they have what they want anyway. And then I'm going to give you a king, one after my own heart. And they sing his praises to this day. Even though he messed up along the way, they still sing his praises because of how he was towards God. That it's it's written here. There are other kings that have been written about. There are other kings from this time. But who receives more recognition than David? His heart towards God is his legacy. And when he messed up, as you mentioned, it broke his heart. Not, oh man, I'm caught. Oh, streak is over. It's not what it was. He was torn up because of how this must affect God. Caught up in sin, yet repented. And accepting of the punishment. Accepting. Exactly. The punishment that would go on for the rest of his life. And he accepted it. He just said, the God is just. So it shows you that he, he knew who God was and he believed who God was. And he trusted God because all the rest of his life when things happened, he said, well, you know, God is just. Right. When the man was cursing him, he said, well, leave him alone. And who knows, maybe God was allowing him to do this for what? I've done. So just leave him alone. And uh, when the things started happening in his household, he was very slow to do it because God told him, yeah. the sword is not going to leave your house. Yeah. You know, and he didn't say, this is just too much. Now, I mean, that's just one little man. I mean, he didn't make any excuses, yeah. and he never did. He didn't make any excuses. He, he accepted the punishment. That means he accepted his wrong. And that it was a bigger thing to God than what people could see it was. Right. Because God said, you have despised my law. I mean, that broke him. Yeah. I despise. Just to, just, to, just to think it, you know, just like if you're, you know, you can, you can do something. And if you have a good relationship with your parent, if your parents say something like, I'm so disappointed. That can hurt you more. Mm-hmm your heart more than if they spank you, you yeah. know, whip you. You know, but just the idea that they're disappointed in you can can really make a difference. Because you look at what is the goal. If your goal is to be a disappointment or you don't care, it's not going to affect you the same way. Right. Right. But when David knew that God was not pleased with him, you when, when you mentioned that part, you despise my law. Read the Psalms. David expresses his love for God's law. He actually says he loves God's law because God is just. And then that's the one thing they, that God said, you despise. Why you despise my You despise me. You don't care about what I... That, to got, this psalmist, he got so caught up in what he was doing, he didn't really think about the effect it was having on what it really meant. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people get caught up in what they're doing. They're not thinking about what this means to your family, what this right, means to this right, person. Right. What is this saying to that? 
and you don't see it like that because you're only looking at what you're doing. And but when God just said it to when, when He told Nathan, when Nathan told him, "Thou art the man," that did it because mm -hmm. He knew all that He had thought up about this fictional character that Nathan was talking about. Mm -hmm. And when he realized it was him, he had already had all the emotions about it. He had already mm -hmm. seen what it could do and what it meant and all that. So when he said, it's you, I mean, that just that just tore him up because of where his heart really was, which is the difference between mm -hmm. what you say you are or what you say you believe and what you really believe. And that that's where we've got to learn a Davidism is not to stop at yes we're going to mess up and that's to be expected yes that's true but don't stop there right. because I know I'm going to mess up so what's the point the point is look at David even after the mess up he continued to strive and God in this verse shows or up to this verse shows that he can give David an elaborate plan about what he in his heart desires to do and tell him he he's not going to do it, but that his son is going to do it. The son born of the woman whose husband you had killed to cover up your sin. That's amazing right there. That's, that's, a, that's God written all over it. That's, that's a constant reminder, but it shows God's mercy, his grace. And after all this, even through that line, listen, you can, you can be trusted with the vision for this, but you're not lifting a hammer because it matters to me what everyone else sees when it comes to me. And because of what you've done, the world knows it. The, the people in Jerusalem know it. The Israelites or, the, or Israel, they know what you did. It's written. It's written. We're talking about it today. Thousands of years later. You think that they didn't know what was going on? They didn't need Facebook. Word of mouth got around quick. Look how quickly gossip gets around a call center. She's a book out. It happens that fast. You don't think that people are going to know what's going on? Even though the king tried to cover it up, he had whatever they want to say about it. Like, mm, supposed to be so right. And now he's talking about building a, a, a house for God after what you did. And then they see. <laughs> God says, no, you're not going to do it. And they see that his son's going to do it. But he's still involved. Look at his attitude mm -hmm. after to being told he's not going to be a, he's not going to be the one to do it. He didn't stop being involved with the vision. God still gave him the vision. And it's all out. He gave it to him. Right. Not to Solomon. Mm. He gave it to David. He didn't yeah. give it to Solomon. He gave it to David. Line it all up. And you know what's interesting about that too is because Solomon would be the first of the kings of Israel, and then the third, but the first of them to not have a prophet. Because God gave him wisdom. 
but before he but granted he priest. But he didn't have a prophet, that's true. Right. He didn't have a prophet. And but David had an elaborate plan given to him. When we look at this, he uh spoke to everyone, administrators, governmental operators, military commanders and captains, stewards in charge of property and livestock, everyone who held responsible positions in the kingdom. He addressed them because he God gave David a vision for the kingdom to pass on to his son. And David didn't seek the glory in it. Can you imagine if that, that had been Saul? Where would that go? Could God trust Saul with that vision? We can we can look and speculate all we want to. He couldn't. <laughs> now, if you think about it, no, because if he could, he would have. Before stuff went down. But Saul didn't have a heart towards God. He had a mind like the people. But all this uh, towards the end, we look at the plans. The then David presented his son. Then David presented his son with the plans for the temple complex, porch, storerooms, meeting rooms, and the place for atoning sacrifice. He turned over the plans for everything that God's spirit had brought to his mind: the design of the courtyards, the arrangement of rooms. And the closets for storing all down to the closets in the house of God. All of that, he hands all this over to his son, gave him his plan for organizing the Levites and the priests in their work of leading and ordering worship in the house of God and for caring for the liturgical furnishings. He provided exact specifications or yeah, specifications for how much gold and silver was needed for each article. This is an elaborate plan yeah. mm -hmm. that he gave to David. And David, because of his heart towards God, was able to receive it and pass it to his son. Mm 